Today's episode is brought to you by Captain Morgan, the official captain of Against All Odds. We're raising our glasses of Captain Morgan and Ginger to all you captains out there. Whether you're a tugboat captain, captain of your intramural dodgeball team, or just live to have fun, you're all captains in our book. And no matter how you choose to live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. And now, the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Cousin Sal, along with the COO of this podcast, Master Tate Frazier. What's happening, Tate? Not too much. Uh, March Madness, everything's going on, and we got the FBI now back involved with Nike, so it's a good time, for, <laughs> good time of the year for me. Are you rooting for the FBI here, or who, who, who do we root for in the, this the case? The good thing is that there's no one to root for, so yeah. just point fingers and laugh at everyone. So that's, <laughs> those are always the best things. This tournament hasn't been that great a story, although I don't mind it. Are you? Uh, everyone's like, oh, they haven't been that great games or anything, but I'm I'm okay with this. I like the better teams advancing. I like that Duke was close and that was good, and Auburn had a good game. That might, maybe three or four closer games would have been nice. Tennessee was a fun one, but do you like all the ones twos advancing? Yeah, the problem with upsets is that you have to watch them play again. So yeah. The good news is we get to watch good teams play each other, and uh, it, it kind of fits this year of college basketball. Very top heavy year, like eight to ten really good teams, and the rest was sort sort of uh, all in the middle as far as parity. So right. it's worked out like the season, so that's good. Yeah, because what does it say when an Austin P wins in an upset? It just means, all right, the other team shot like crap, the favorite, and now we have to watch Austin P a second game, you know, like yeah. for the most part. What does that prove? Right. We anyway. call them happy-to-be-here games, happy-to-be-here teams. So uh, that's once right. we're at that point, we don't want to watch the tournament. All right, let me, uh, on the line right now, bunch of happy-to-be-here guys. <laughs> my gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid. What's up, fellas? What's going on, Sal? Sal, what's going on? What's going on, buddy? Well, I'm uh, happy to hear your voices. I'm uh, surprised uh, one of you is alive. Our friend Harry came on my uh, my show, Lock It In, uh, Monday through Friday, Fox Sports 1, uh, 4.30 to 5.30 p.m., and he attempted to break that record. Harry, what was the b- record you broke? Uh, everyone probably knows about it by now if you're listening to this. What was the record you attempted? The record was to attempt the most casinos wagered in in a 24-hour period, and the record was 74. 74. So you had to head out there. Now, there were a few caveats. You, uh, the odds were stacked against you because sure. you have to use public transportation. You're not allowed to drive yourself. You're not allowed to Uber. You're not allowed to razor scooter around the joint, around the strip. Um, and so you ended up like taking the bus really most of the day, right? I took the bus and I walked. I walked uh, 22.1 miles. Uh, I took almost 57,000 steps, <laughs> and about ten and a half hours I was uh, uh, on buses going all over town. I don't know. People just have a uh, to think that the all the all the casinos are on the strip in Vegas, and it's just one big long strip. It's not. They're everywhere, all over the place, <laughs> trying to get from one bus to another. It was such a pain. Uh, there were also it had to be a table game casino. You had to, they had to have table games in the casino at least one. There's like ten of them that only have blackjack from five to midnight. So you got to try to fix that in with the time you're doing. It was uh, it was exhausting. Uh, I saw a lot of crazy stuff along the way. Had some fun, but uh, at the end I did 51. And actually, mm. uh, it doesn't that may not sound like a big number, but I was actually very proud of myself considering everything that went down. And I just want to say, everybody from Fox was so fantastic. And if they allow me to do that again next year, if we can sort of do it again, I'd love to do it again because I'm telling you, I can do it. Now that I know how yeah. everything runs and everything, I can do it. Yeah, well, just I do can it, map it out and do it. Just do it on your own. It's fine. We don't you know, we don't have to be part of it next year. But uh, yeah, well, 22 miles. Either par- are. Parlay kid, Parlay kid, back me up here. He he, he walked, says he walked 22 miles. Harry has a very yeah. specific gait. He kind of like hobbles from left to right with each step. So. When he says he walked 22 miles, he really probably only covered like nine and a half, ten miles. Yeah, you know I, mean, I mean, he's, he's a taking extra steps. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's slightly a pigeon-toed, pigeon-toed a, a lot, right? With the, especially on the left foot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, I, I think Harry's making a martyr out of himself for this. Yeah, whole right. Thing. Uh, he he failed miserably. As when I said Harry, how many did he do? He said Bernie Williams's number. That's what he put. <laughs> so 51, in typical Harry fashion. Um, 
But, you know, I got a friend, uh, Patty Burke. I mean, the guy gets up and runs basically 20 miles every day. Mm-hmm. Like, and I got Harry <laughs> saying he had to walk 22 miles and ride on a bus for 10 hours. Yeah. It doesn't sound that exhausting. Put it, put it, put it I, this way. I, I would guarantee, I would guarantee, Harley Kid, you, try, you attempted to. I would give you. I would give you four and a half casinos. You wouldn't get four. You wouldn't get fifty. Wow. You wouldn't get my right. What I got. I got to be honest with you. So here's the thing. I wouldn't be motivated to do this. Yeah. Brother Bry would shatter that record. Brother Bry can do it. Brother Bry. He. If anything, Harry should go with Brother Bry because I believe the guys who set the record. There were two. Right. There were two guys. Yeah. Brother Bry should be doing this with Harry. Uh, and, and maybe he I have a record work. for the one man machine. That's true. That's true. Maybe you should really look into that. That's very possible. The two guys that did it, apparently, Sarah. they were PhDs, and they had trained for a year and a half, and we may have mentioned this last week. But, Brother Bry, did you think that Harry had a chance of breaking this? Uh, no. Leading up to it, he was just complaining about it. He didn't seem like he was going to come close. The mm. funny part about it was, I think there was like four, uh, Harry, what was there, like five hours left, and you, you, you sent me and Darren a text saying, I'm calling it quits. No. <laughs> you just was like complaining gave, beforehand. Gave, uh, I was complaining beforehand. I don't remember that. <laughs> you said well, you were just saying how bad, how hard the bus schedule was going to be. You knew going in, you knew going in that this was going to be a difficult thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a yeah. It's, it wasn't easy. That, well, I mean, he said he said he would. I will. I will say I did think he was going to do a little bit more. I thought, but granted i I have not looked into how like where these casinos are placed at yeah, all yeah right um but you know twenty two miles walking i that take a look to me that take a look. that doesn't seem like it's too bad. The yeah. ten hours on the bus is a pain. Is a pain in the ass. Harry, the post a part. Isn't that post a map or something? Because it's hard for me to imagine your your route or anything. I just know that uh, you were. You, I mean, there's a lot of footage of you sleeping on the bus. I don't know. It's uh, no, that, it's, that was uh, that's incorrect. Well, special thanks to uh, <laughs> Therese and Scott for uh, following you and setting this up, and of course Ken, uh, your your yeah, they were great. Your friend Ken and the white and, rhino. Uh, Oh my God, the white rhino! Everyone was involved in this. But Tate, you're laughing over there. You, you proud of him, or did he let us down? I have a feeling I know which way you're going to go. With I, I'm proud of you, Harry. I'll be on your side yet again. Yeah. I, I think 51, 51's pretty impressive. And I, I saw the video that like, the little package that we put together of Harry. I saw yeah. you unlock it in. You sprinted to the stage with a lot of enthusiasm, Harry. You're a TV star. That was good. Yeah, I loved it. You know, Ken. Hey, Harry was great on TV. He, he was. was great on TV. He really did a good was. job. Really good. He did a nice yeah. job. He could be taken. Look, I wanted to hang with Clay and Todd. Afterwards, I couldn't do it. I had to go to bed. I couldn't. I could not move. Right. I wasn't going to the pool. Oh man! <laughs> well, speaking of sleeping on buses, Tate uh, had the oversleep of the of the week. I think the problem. We we do this pool. It's a fun pool, I think. Although this is the first time I've advanced. I think to the second weekend or the second week rather. Um, it's an elimination pool in the NCAA tournament. You pick two games Thursday. You pick two games Friday. If you get those right. Uh, you pick one game on any day that there are games being played the rest of the way. Now, once you pick a team, you can't pick them again. It gets confusing because if you lose Thursday, you could buy back in and pick like four games Friday, I think. And if you lose Friday, you buy back in and pick five games Saturday. Parlay Kid, I think you did that. It was only done once in the history of this pool. You lost Friday, yeah. right? And then you bought back in yeah. and you went five for five on Saturday. That's a nice advantage to all the uh, chalk coming through, right? Yeah, well, five for five, and probably anybody, I can't really really brag about it, I think anybody probably could have went eight for eight on that day, the way that was, you know what I mean? So yeah. it wasn't, uh, it might have been historic in a way, but uh, to me it was, you know, it really, obviously this whole weekend, as we're going to probably get to in a second, was um, pretty yeah. simple, as it turns out. 16 for 16, the round of 32, the 16 favorites advanced. Uh, Brother Bry figured it out at 84 to 1 odds. Um, even with the oh, ball gosh. favorites, 84 to 1s. My God, Harry, I was talking in college, I would have, I would want that if I'm firing away like we did in college. I know that wasn't your way to do it, but I loved all the favorites. I just get I just get uh, skittish a little. Once all the favorites won Saturday and Brother Bry, you and I were pounding the underdogs all day Sunday, right? <laughs> All day Sunday, I said, "Why don't we just keep doubling up on the uh, the underdog money line?" Which good thing I didn't actually double up, but I kept betting the underdog and I mm-hmm. kept losing. Uh, I had a just a terrible, terrible, terrible Sunday. In fact, the first one was the closest one. The first one of the day, Tennessee. Um, 
They yeah. almost got up, and that was a great game against Iowa. They were up like 25. Then they blew it, um, tied, went to overtime, and then they won. They actually almost covered in overtime. It's ridiculous. But back to Tate for a second. So we do this uh, this uh, this eliminator pool. Uh, Parlay Kid and I advance. Tate advances. He has to pick a game for Sunday. He makes a pick. He picks Virginia Tech. He goes to sleep. <laughs> this guy, poor guy, Jamie, who's running the pool. I love tr- Jamie. Trying to get a hold of him. Jamie is like, uh, Jamie was the first Tate. Jamie was Bill Simmons' intern. Jamie graduated Carolina. Uh, there's, there's a lot of parallels here. Jamie's a little jealous of Tate, I think, now, but still gives him the opportunity to make another pick because Tate had already taken Virginia Tech. Tate's nowhere to be found. He has to go alphabetically. And who are you stuck with, Tate? Buffalo. Yeah. You're stuck with Buffalo, Buffalo. and um, they didn't show up. <laughs> they, were, they were one of our the underdogs we had. They, um, but you like them anyway. You said right. I, li- I like them anyway, and I will say, I mean, I, I the the first Thursday picks that I had, I had Louisville in the first game. I think brother Brian and I both had Louisville, so that really let me down. So then I bought back in on Friday. Had four picks, uh, got all those right to stay in. So I felt great about that. And then once I got to Sunday. Uh, I played a bunch of gin, uh, gin rummy the night before, drank a bunch of gin while playing gin the night before, and then uh, <laughs> I, I slept in and, and woke up at 9 o'clock, and I think the cutoff was at 8.55, and uh, I will say this, Jamie's a much better uh, employee and a much better Tar Heel than me, so uh, I'll, ta- I'll take the L. <laughs> he gave you a chance, you, but that's how you celebrate the games? You play gin, rummy? That's not how I figured it would well, go Well, I was down getting ready. I thought that Carolina was going to have a tough game against Washington, so I, I, was, right. I was, after uh, the whole chalk Saturday, I thought there were going to be a lot of upsets like you guys on Sunday, and I thought mm-hmm. Carolina could be a team you know, that could lose to Washington. All right. Well, Obviously, I was wrong. We're going to talk about all those games. We're going to cover all Sweet 16 games, all eight of them, uh, in a minute. I just want to mention real quickly, next week is our 100th episode 100 episodes almost two years we did it uh it's going to feature a compilation of the greatest moments on the tape what do we have lined up we have uh i mean obviously you're on the degenerate trifecta Mm. uh super dave osborne the late great super dave osborne we're going to show uh play clips brad of course uh brad mulcahy the star molly (laughs) molly bloom molly bloom uh, oh dykstra will be there i can't remember this so jimmy kimmel will be on and we'll talk about my first uh gambling moments that uh he remembers we're going to have it all and uh, we're going to get it going. That'll be up, uh, I think, Tuesday night, our 100th episode. We're very proud. Now, let's hit the Sweet 16 games. I'm going to have uh, all four of you cover two games each, and we'll all jump in if you have some thoughts. It starts off Thursday. Gonzaga laying seven points over under 147 against Florida State. My cousin Jimmy Kimmel, I just mentioned him, doesn't believe Gonzaga exists. Uh, Tate, what do you think about that? There's not a lot of evidence to suggest that um, he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I guess we got to go to Spokane and figure it out, right? <laughs> All right. Uh, Harry, you have a strong opinion on this game. Uh, Gonzaga beat Fairleigh Dickinson, beat Baylor, Florida State beat Vermont, beat Murray State. Uh, Gonzaga still top point differential and scoring. They were in the regular season. They had that, uh, they had that billing, and same here in the uh, tournament. But Harry... You're not impressed? Not really. Uh, I like Florida State. They're playing some hot ball at plus seven. Uh, the Seminoles won 14-16. They're 4-1 versus the non-conference teams that made the tourney, and that included wins versus Florida, LSU, and Purdue. Uh, since losing the BC January 20th and losing three or four, this team's pulled it together, and they've been on a mission, which included shooting 57% from the field versus Virginia in a 10-point win in the ACC tournament. Nobody does that against the Cavaliers. Senior guard Terrence Mann has not disappointed either going for 19 and 18 in both games here in the tournament. I feel he'll be the key for Florida State. And Gonzaga's defense may be suspect. If you throw out the WCC games versus St. Mary's, they have four games versus tournament teams. In those games, they've given up an average of 87 points per game. I'll take Florida State plus seven. Maybe it's Leonard Hamilton's time Mm. to pull off a huge win. And and beat Gonzaga. I'll take Florida State. Well, they beat them last year in the Sweet 16 <laughs> by a lot. So I guess I mean obviously this is Gonzaga is a top seed. This one. is different. They I got gotcha, you. I got gotcha. you. I don't know. I worry about this. I know Florida State's been solid. They play good defense. Tate, you like their length. You like them defensively. You like their bench. Uh, yeah, Kevin Golly and, and Roquan Gray off the bench. Those are two guys yeah. to keep an eye on. Yeah, they're four one and one against the spread. The last six tournament games. Um, Back-to-back Sweet 16 matchups is weird. It hasn't happened since, like, 2002. I just wonder, are we getting too excited about that win over John Morant, Morant's team? He was on a bad team. I mean, he lit it up for a bad team. 
and they still got crushed. I'm not sure how much we believe in Florida State. I would say this is a stay away. Harry likes Florida State. Tate, you think it's Leonard Hamilton's time? No, I think uh, I would take Gonzaga in this game. I, even though I, I like what Harry's saying, I, if Phil Kofer's not playing in this game, I yeah. wish they had Kofer coming back, uh, but obviously they're playing for him. Right. Uh, and then you got Kumaji and a, a bunch of guys that can rotate in and out, but uh, Brandon Clark is a real problem. I think he might be one of the best players in the tournament, so still liked him and the Zags. All right, next game. I think this is the best matchup in the tournament. Tennessee are for the Sweet 16 games. Tennessee, minus one over Purdue, over-under is 146. Purdue beat Old Dominion and Villanova. Tennessee beat Colgate and Iowa. Brother Bry, which way do you see it? Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm leaning uh, Tennessee minus one. Look, this line is indicative of how these two teams played uh, this past weekend. I think if these two teams played like a week ago or two weeks ago, I feel like Tennessee would have been favored by like two and a half, three points, maybe even more. Do you, do you get the sense of that? I feel like it's I mean, it's a recency bias. I yeah, like exactly. I think they're being punished a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't expect Purdue to shoot the lights out again from three. You know, Edwards being the great scorer, is eventually he's going to go cold. I, I know Titus and Tate think eventually he's not going to hit his shots, especially, you know, he, he shoots, launches threes from about 30 feet away. I, I just think eventually he's going to go cold. Tennessee has too many, too many guys to beat you. Normally good teams have that bad game in the tournament. I feel like that Iowa game, even Colgate a little bit too, but that Iowa game, you know, they took their foot off the pedal. It kind of let up, but they still found a way to win. Usually you have that tough game early on in the tournament like they did, and they pulled through. So, again, I think, especially based on the line, I think this is too low. I would have said Tennessee a week ago if you asked me this. Again, if it was three or four, I still would have taken Tennessee. I mm-hmm. think one is just too good a value to pass up here. All right. I don't know if it's – speaking of bias, I root against Clay Travis every step of the way, and he's a Tennessee guy. But I also did take Purdue to make the Final Four early on. This is their third straight appearance in the round of 16. But, Brian, you said it. 25 three-pointers made. I think that's the most or second most. It might be the most in the uh, in the tournament right now. Carson Edwards. So you're saying, Tate, you, I know you guys think he's up and down, Carson Edwards. He's, he's up right now. Which way do you, who do you think, Tate? Uh, I think – I'm sticking with Tennessee, a team that I really believed in. Even though uh, the Admiral Schofield thing, when he had the four fouls, decided to sit out. I mean, I, I, I hope that was the worst thing that could happen to them as far as Iowa proving that no matter you know being up 25 points, they can still make a run and still come back from the tournament. That might have scared them straight a little mm-hmm. bit. And Purdue has overachieved all year. I mean, we've been talking about that. So I think I'd take Tennessee here. All right, moving on. Third game Thursday, uh, Michigan. Minus two over Texas Tech, over under 126. Michigan took care of Montana and Florida, Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky, and Buffalo to uh, Tate's detriment. Parlay Kid, this you you have a pick in this game. Is this the way you're leaning for eliminator pick for Thursday? Uh, no, it's not, Sal. I don't think so. Um, mm-hmm. I have not made the decision on that yet. I was trying to figure out. Uh, what I should do with that eliminator pick just because I don't have that many teams left. So I do have to get creative. It might be a possibility, but I am so leaning towards Texas Tech plus two. So is there a tougher game to pick? I think I know we just talked about Tennessee Purdue. That's I feel like this is a really It's those two. Yeah. Uh, this might be the best game of the weekend, the most evenly matched game of the weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about two very efficient defenses, two of the top defenses in the country. Every possession is going to count in this game. Yep. Two great coaches. Uh, Texas, Texas Tech did have five guys in double figures against a very good Buffalo team. Um, they beat them quite easily. And Buffalo is a legit team. I, I really think, Sal, that Jared Culver, though, is going to be the best player on the court. He's going to propel them to a tight victory. But really, I'm just taking the plus two. But I do think uh, Texas Tech might even just win this game. But take the just to be sure, take the plus two. Go with Culver, who averages 19 points, six and a half rebounds, four assists a game, and shoots a great 48% from the field, which is a, that's fantastic uh, for his position. So 
Let's go with Texas Tech plus two in that game. So that's going to be a real good one. I think it's going to be tight the whole game. Yeah, the whole team is shooting 50% from the field, which is third best uh, right now. And yeah. something's got to give because Michigan's defense allows 58 points per game. I guess this was yep. a regular season, which is second in the nation. Uh, Tate, you take the underdog here or Michigan? I'm going to take Texas Tech as well. And uh, I think Titus said that today on our podcast. They have the number one offense since February 5th, uh, mm-hmm. according to Kim Palm. So. Uh, they have the number yep. one defense, number one offense, so those are two things to keep in mind. And I think Chris Beard's a really good coach, so I take Texas Tech. All right, underrated, la- yeah. Well, who is Ken Palm, by the way, Tate? That's not Harry's <laughs> boss, pa- right? Ken Pomeroy. Yeah, I think they're both. Yeah, he I see. That's what he does in his free time. Okay. All right. Uh, Virginia <laughs> minus eight. Last the last game in the night Thursday, one nineteen and a half is the over under. They play Oregon. Uh, they beat Gardner Webb. Um, who else did they beat? Tate, I can't. I can't think right now. Virginia, Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Oh, yeah. yeah, Virginia. Uh, the Gardner Webb in Oklahoma. By the way, that over under went down like a point and a half. Um, these over unders are flying all over the place. That Virginia, uh, Oklahoma game went down a point and a half right before the game. Oregon beat Wisconsin and uh, Cal Irvine. Uh, that Wisconsin game was tied at half, twenty five twenty five. I had Wisconsin money line first half. That was a mess. And uh, oh, actually, I had Wisconsin minus two. It doesn't matter what I had. Harry, what are you saying? I'm going to take the Virginia Oregon game to go under the 119 and a half. Virginia definitely isn't flashy or electric, but they do one thing over and over correctly, and that's play defense. They have given up 56 and 51 so far. 51 to Oklahoma after Oklahoma lit it up in their first game. You know, Oregon has looked great on defense themselves, giving up 54 points in both games. The Ducks are holding opponents to only 11 of 48 shooting from three-point range. That's like 23%. In 12 games versus tourney teams, Virginia, during the regular season, held opponents to 60 points per game. And to piggyback on that stat, they have played six games uh, versus teams still remaining in the tournament and only have averaged giving up 63 points a game. And that's top-notch, cap- and that's top-notch caliber teams. You're playing 12th seed where you're catching a break here, I think, with Oregon. They're that, that type of team. They're very fortunate to be where they are, and they will not be able to figure out Virginia's defense. I can see this being like a 62-50 game. 62-50. Yeah, I, there's not a lot of room for error, though, at 119.5. That's the whole thing. And uh, I bet Oregon under 55.5 points. I think uh, seven. the last nine, Virginia's averaged allowing 55 a game. It's really t- It's fun to root for no points in a Virginia game, for sure. And uh, this is going to be the game everyone doubles up on, right? The Thursday night game when everyone got their teeth kicked in. Tate, which do you like? you like a low-scoring game? Yeah, this is uh, the slowest region in the South. Pretty much mm-hmm. every team plays slow, which is good for Virginia. Oregon, same sort of thing. So they're going to be uh, – you would say Virginia's offense is methodical. Oregon's offense is we can't get a shot, so we just keep passing the ball around, and then eventually we just throw it up. So <laughs> that's, that's Oregon. So I would take Virginia. And what, it's Peyton Pritchard, right? Yeah, Peyton he's, Pritchard. he's in the Hall of Fame. Like everybody's putting him in the Hall of Fame already. Uh, they're basically saying that he's the, he's the one man show. For oh Oregon, my God, so. he went crazy. It was a night game Sunday night. Everybody loves him, and I think that's why people are taking Oregon. They're thinking, well, it is going to be a low scoring game, and eight is a lot of points. But you would have thought the you would have thought the same with the you know Oklahoma. So uh, all right, yeah, I like the under there. All right, let's switch gears to Friday. Michigan State minus six. They kick things off. 148 over uh, LSU is the underdog. Parley Kid, Michigan State beat Bradley and who else? Minnesota. LSU beat Yale and Maryland. Which way are you going? So I'm going to be taking Michigan State minus six in this game. Uh, I think you have two pretty efficient offensive teams. Michigan State's uh, offensive efficiency is ranked fourth in the country. LSU is ranked 13th in the country. But Michigan State has a much more experienced, uh, veteran-laden starting starting roster mm-hmm. over LSU. Um, LSU is a very good offensive rebounding team as well, but Michigan State will not get pushed around this game. And like Culver for Texas Tech, I think Winston uh, for Michigan State is going to be by far the best player on the court. Fantastic player to watch. I really like him. And I could ask Tate this. Tate, coaching alone, this coaching matchup, What? how many points is that worth? Is that worth uh, mm-hmm. at least a Two or three points in this game between Izzo and Benford. I mean, what that's got to count for something. This is a coaching mismatch, too, in this game. So I think Michigan State, LSU plays this tight for a while. Michigan State pulls away the last 10 minutes. They cover the six points. 
All right. Hey, LSU wasn't supposed to get this far because of the coaching, because of the turmoil and everything that's right. going on. It's yeah. weir- weird that you know Michigan State as a lock with uh, with Izzo. In fact, nine to one, Izzo's nine to one to win the uh, title. The rest of the way, it's pretty good. Take a, a Izzo team at nine to one at this point. Sure. They have fifty-seven points per game. Uh, they allow thirty-six percent shooting. And like you said, Cassius Winston, he's a he's a playmaker. He can make a difference. He's he had a, a li- little bit slow start against Minnesota. Those floaters, floaters weren't going in. But Tate, what about it? Is the coaching matchup uh, just going to spell defeat for LSU? Yeah, I think it's one of those things where when you have Tom Izzo in March, uh, you know you're probably in a good situation. And especially if the other team doesn't have a coach or you know is at least you know trying to make up for the fact they don't have a head coach. And LSU is, I think maybe overachieved at this point as far as what people expected out of them. A lot of people thought that they would lose to, to Yale in the first round. So for them to be here is a, is a nice thing. They have the talent, though, to match up with Michigan State, which is alarming. Nas Reed will match up well with Nick Ward and some of the other Tillman, other guys they'll throw down in the post. Uh, mm-hmm. Waters will match up well with Cassius Winston. Javante Smart off the bench is nice for LSU. I do like LSU, but for whatever reason, I agree. I mean, I think time is always a difference, so I would uh, I would agree with Parley yep. Kid. Take Michigan State. All right, let's move on. Um, your team. Why don't you take us away? Carolina, minus five over Auburn, over under 163, uh, plus 115, plus 135 to win the region. I think it's very good. They could play either Kentucky or Houston if they get by Auburn. Uh, what do you see, Tate? I know you don't want to take your team. You don't want to jinx them. Well, these are two of the the fastest teams uh, that are going to go up against another, one another. Uh, pace of play as far as what Bruce wants to do, Bruce Pearl with Auburn. Very similar to North Carolina, so it'll be very up and down. So that for that reason, I'm not going to take a, a specific team, but I will take the over uh, because both these teams are going to jack a lot of threes uh, between Kobe White, Cam Johnson, Harper, Brown, all the guys for Auburn. Uh, they're going to take a lot of shots. They're going to try to you know get up and down like what I was saying, and then uh, you add in the fact that that's what North Carolina, that's the way that they play basketball, and uh, Auburn isn't afraid of it. Uh, if they get hot, they have a real chance in this game. I still would take North Carolina. I, it scares me a little bit that Vegas only has them uh, getting five points, which makes me believe that you know they believe in Auburn being a hot, you know a hot team at this point. So uh, that's a little worrisome. But for the most part, uh, I believe Carolina will be fine in this game. Yeah, overs five and two in Auburn's last seven neutral site games, and uh, I saw a good one Carolina over two uh, at some point too. Yeah, I, no, yeah, why not? It does seem low, right, though, that line five compared, like, considering these other games are, like, five, yeah. seven. Yeah. I feel like it yeah. should be, like, seven. Yeah, like Duke seven, Michigan State six, so it's well, you, uh, interesting. You, that you think about for the region, if it's plus 135, if you're looking at a minus five, I guess you're looking at a minus three the next game, right, Bry? Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it either. I think, I think they're going to have trouble uh, inside. It's going to be too big for them. Uh, I wish you luck. Tate, are you watching with um, – Titus? The game is uh, Friday at 4, I think 4.30 our time out uh-huh. here on the West Coast, uh, which means I would have to be usually be at the office. So uh, in that sense, yes, I would be watching the game with Mark Titus, but I have no problem walking away and watching on my own. Really? Okay. Yeah, not at all. I think that's a good idea. That's a good idea. I really do. It worked. Uh, you did it the second game, right? Yeah, we were. Or we did in the first game. Oh, Carolina the first was down one. in the first half to Iona, and I had to walk and <laughs> oh uh, go God. watch the second half. All right, take the next one, too, uh, Tate. Duke <laughs> minus 7, 144, the over-under against Virginia Tech. It's interesting because I think a lot of people will point to the Blacksburg game we just saw. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Justin Robinson, Zion Williamson didn't play in that game, so it'll be totally different. One of the funnier things, too, they'll say a lot of fans will be coming from Virginia Tech because they think Virginia Tech is closer to Washington, D.C., but I think Durham's actually closer to D.C. Mm-hmm. than Blacksburg is, so that's something to keep in mind. Uh, I would take Duke in this game, even though with the with the points, seven points. I think this will be the, f- the game that they actually blow someone out. They're familiar with Virginia Tech. I think they are a better team. It's kind of a bad draw for Virginia Tech to get them in the Sweet 16. Um, so I would take Duke in that one. It is. You know, we were in Vegas. We did it in front of a live crowd, lock it in uh, the other day. And, you know, I- I'm so sick of, like, everybody who wants to take Virgin- Virginia Tech. you want to take Virginia Tech, that's fine. But stop bringing up the game, <laughs> the last game. Zion wasn't there. I know Robinson didn't play. Okay, fine. It's like, oh, well, albeit without Zion. It's like, yeah, albeit without Zion. That's like saying, oh, this was a this was a terrible beach. Like, albeit, we, there was no sand, you know. But we got, yeah, albeit, to, to, the, uh, enough with this already. To, like, to put it in hairy terms, it's like Daughtry without Chris Daughtry. There you go. All right, that's what uh, I was searching it's like, for. It's like, it's like uh, against all odds without Harry. Basically. There you go. <laughs> Let's try that. Let's see how that works. Yeah, but I feel like and also the other people's, like, you know, it's like I don't like Duke. I was rooting against Duke, but they didn't get lucky to win. I mean, they got lucky, you know, UCF, they, they were up four. They had a chance to dunk the ball to go up six. They would have won the game. That ball definitely didn't hit the rim 
when they were down two, and then they then they were all of a sudden down four. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to put that back. It's a nice look when you slow it down. It should be a putback automatically. And Taco Fall, if he doesn't foul out, uh, he's he's right there to uh, to stuff it in. But I don't know, Parlay Kid. Like you said, I think you just said with Tennessee. Well, Brian, no, you said with Tennessee. You kind of got to get that crappy game out of the way, right? And uh, that yeah, may be what Duke did. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. They, uh, you know, you're always gonna. I feel like every champion. I mean, maybe not Villanova. Villanova was probably the exception last year, but everybody gets pushed at some point in time. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, you just got to make it through, and then you know, you probably have a much better game the next the next time around. You, you need to face that adversity. Yeah. Tyus Edney, Tyus Edney against Missouri, the one of the great NCAA highlights, and it's 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 great because they won the championship, right? So they easily could have lost that game. All right, let's go, to Brother Bry. While we have you here, Kentucky minus three, one thirty-five over Houston. The big news is PJ Washington. PJ Washington's father told uh, Kentucky fans, "Relax." Um, you know, I don't. I don't even listen when my father tells me relax. <laughs> I don't even know if, if those fans should uh, listen to them. But what do you think, brother Bry? Which way are you going? Yeah, well, it's funny because his father said relax, but then he's like, he'll play when his body tells him he can play. So yeah. I think, you know, uh, that didn't really give us any information. But I'm going to go uh, Houston plus three. I, I think plus three is a fair line, even if P.J. Washington played and was healthy. Mm-hmm. I feel like plus three would be fair. I feel like without Washington in the lineup, this should be more like maybe Kentucky fair by one or even a pick Mm-hmm. I just think plus three seems like a lot. Like I've I've only seen Houston play a few times this year leading up to the tournament, but man, they really fly around. They're in your face like yep. in every possession. They they seem to throw out like ten to twelve guys who come in and play hard. Everybody contributes. They have big guys who come in who know their role, right? That just you know, just get in the way. Um Ohio State, I feel like, only kept that game close because they were hitting some tough threes early on, but they couldn't get anything inside. Kid Wesson from Ohio State, I think, only took one shot from the inside. Yeah. Houston ranks first in the country in field goal percentage allowed and in three point percentage allowed. Kid Corey Davis is last to watch. Um, but I just, you know, coming into this tournament, I would have said Kentucky was one of the few teams I thought could win. But mm-hmm. unless, I mean, you would need PJ Washington to be very, like, full strength, 100%. But I just think even if he plays in this game, he's not going to be at full strength. Yeah. Uh, I think Houston just is going to put a lot of pressure on these freshman guards, and it's going to be it's going to be tough for them. Also, I don't know if you've noticed too. Like Reed Travis seems to be like I know he had that brace on his knee, but he's way slower than he was early on in the season. You could still tell he's mm-hmm. it, it's tough for him right now too as well. So I think getting plus three in this game is is, is good value. Tate, uh, a couple things. Well, first of all, the, they Houston, they do it. They play defense so well, and they, I don't think they have a starter over 6-5. I think it's like a guard-oriented team, uh, the starting five. But also, we talked about coaching matchups. What do we think with the, with this? Is this just is that why the line is in Kentucky's favor because Calipari and his success in the tournament? And I think it's just Kentucky's success overall in general, right? They're just mm. believing in them. And Houston's sort of an upstart, at least this version of the program with Sampson. But right. talk about coaching. I mean, you know, Kelvin Sampson is coached at you know the the highest level as far as trying to bring Indiana back at one time and. Uh, I think he's a great coach, and I think Houston's a really good team. Like you said, they got guys that perimeter defense is a thing that they can do really well. And, you know, guys like Tyler Hero and, and all these guys that want to start stuff and Keldon Johnson, they're going to be dealing with, you know, people in their grill, in their face. So I actually like Houston in this game, too. So All right. Now, good listen, pick. here's the important question, Tate. And this is all really – I know Brother Brian and I won and, and Parley Kid. I don't know. Harry's, uh, Harry's done, but he's looking ahead to golf. But two teams. You, all, you can only pick two teams to advance. Who are you going with? Uh, I'm going to go Gonzaga, and I'm going to go Carolina. Okay. All right. All right. These guys, I'm sure, will have thoughts on that, too. I was going to say Duke-Carolina, just mm. because I just – I don't know. I just don't see it any other way. I think a lot of people are backing Virginia Tech at, at the wrong time, and Duke will get uh, refocused. But Gonzaga-Carolina. Oh. All right. All right. Let me think about that. Mm. And while I do, let's hear from ZipRecruiter. Hey, you know what's not smart, Harry? Job sites that overwhelm you with tons of the wrong resumes. But you know what is smart? 
ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't wait for candidates to find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. Its powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes, identifies people with the right skills, education, and experience for your job, and actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. No more sorting through the wrong resumes. No more waiting for the right candidates to apply. It's no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. And right now, my listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash O-D-D-S. ZipRecruiter.com slash odds. The smartest way to hire. All right, we're back. Against All Odds with Cousin Sal, Master Tate Frazier here, the Degenerate Trifecta, Brother Bry, Harry, and the Parlay Kid. We're all here. We're all ready for baseball. There's been a game already. They played overseas, Mariners, A's. Um, we're going to talk, really, the season starts Thursday. So let's talk about it now. Lots to go over. Over-under wins for individual teams. We have props. We have uh, division odds. There's so much to throw at. Let's gonna, we're going to start with you, Harry. What is your over-under pick? Best one out there for an MLB team. You know what? I'm going to go with the hometown team here. I'm going to take the Arizona <laughs> Diamondbacks. Under 74.5 wins at plus 110 on the money. This team is in rebuilding mode again. Arizona lost major stars from the season ago. A.J. Pollock is gone. So is Patrick Corbin. That's pretty bad, but losing their only marketable star in this town, aside from Larry Fitzgerald, Paul Goldschmidt, was a killer. Uh-huh. So now third baseman also, Gold, Jeff, uh, Jake Lamb, will try to fill Goldie's shoes at first this year. And also, apparently today, Steven Sosa Jr. Uh, went out with a knee injury. He was going to be their cleanup hitter. He's out for the season. Uh-huh. So things not going well for the D-backs. The D-backs starting lineup has uh, a lot of uh, questions as well. Um, their combined batting average is around 240. Their starting, pit, their starting pitching is questionable at best. Luke Weaver, who came over in that Goldie trade, and Merrill Kelly are far from a guarantee to be in the rotation come the fall. My, my boy Robbie Roy's control is in question again. Zach Godley <laughs> took a step back last year. Oh, so yeah. Not a good time for Arizona sports. Not a good time to be an Arizona Diamondback fan. Under 74 and a half at plus 110. Harry, no marketable star. Devin Booker, how many 50-point games does Devin Booker have to have? I know they lose by mm. by 30 every game. But... They stink, though. They stink. All right. But the Suns are terrible. All terrible. right. Paulie Kidd, uh, what do you like for over-under Major League Baseball team? Sal, so, um, I think Brian uh, is going to take uh, my uh, pick, too, here. But I say, so you know what? I think I found very interesting with this over-under is Kansas City Royals, Sal. Uh, last year, they finished with 58 wins. And right now, they're protect, uh, projected to, uh, I, I believe, about 69. Mm-hmm. Uh, where have they made an 11-win improvement yeah. on that team? I just don't see it happening. Uh, I also like, Sal, and last year... I hit on the Cleveland Indians very easily. I had them under 94 and a half. This uh-huh. year, their over-under is 90 and a half wins. And that division, who's taking them out in that division? I think they go back up over 90 pretty easily. So I think in that division, you're looking at Kansas City under, Cleveland over. All right. And they over-under for the win. All right. I like it. Uh, Brother Bry, what, were you gonna, what, what, pick, what pick were you going to steal from uh, Darren? <laughs> I love Brian's pick. I do. That I well, I do yeah, love I his pick. I think it's a yeah. I think it's a layup. Go ahead. Yeah, for the over under. So uh, yeah, Darren and I both really like the Rays over eighty four and a half. Mm-hmm. Look, this team always overachieves. They had ninety wins last year. I could probably name three guys on their team last year. I could probably name three guys on their team this year. <laughs> uh, it's probably the same three guys. Yeah. But look, the AL is so top heavy. The Rays should pick up a ton of easy wins against right. the bad teams. You know, the the Orioles. The Blue Jays, I mean, the Central, like Darren was saying, the Central has a ton of bad teams. You know, the West, you know, the West, who knows what you're going to get out there besides the Astros, obviously. But, look, they lose some production last year with Crom, but Bam is going to probably have a great year. He was awesome for them when they picked him up last year. I like the addition of Morton to the rotation. Look, even though I heard this year the Rays are going to, they're going to experiment by having a position player start uh, the first inning of every game mm-hmm. uh, or pitch the first inning of every game. Um, it's a pretty good experiment. i like to see what happens here. 
Um, but uh, they, it seems like they could do whatever they want here, the Rays, and they are always find themselves with with a shot to make the playoffs. I think you're yeah. going to see probably the Rays and Minnesota are probably the two teams everybody's talking about in the hunt for the second wild card. So um, 84 just seems a little low to me. So I, lo- I love the over here. The Rays seem to kill me every year. I think I have them on a will make the playoff parlay or will not make the playoff. And whichever way I go with it, I, I, I lose uh, with them. So um yeah, you're on your own with the with those rays. But I will say this: I look at I like to look at the one run games. Who's been unlucky? Who loses more one run games? Who wins the most? And I was gonna uh, I was gonna decide what my over under uh, teams were based on that. But guess who the best two teams at one run games were? Seattle and uh, and Oakland, who played each other. So those those teams are off the board for over unders right now. I'll say this: uh, the Astros. Now, they were supposed to get 96 wins last year. They're supposed to get 96 wins this year. They had 103 wins last year, and they were pretty much unlucky. They were 24 and 24 in one run games. Not a lot of uh, spectacular offseason moves, but they extended Bregman and Verlander. Uh, They have Jared Cole and Wade Miley in that rotation. Could be good. I know they lost a couple. I know they lost a couple of Morton. They lost a couple of guys. But the A's and Mariners will be worse, I think. Astros should rack up a lot of wins in the AL West. I'll do the same for Cincinnati. How did Cincinnati get to 79.5? I know it's. You know, they had 67 last year, 10 and 29 in one run games. That's an unlucky team. They even that out, and they're right up around 80 wins. Um, you know, they have Eugenio Suarez, Vado, obviously, not tearing up in the spring, but they're good players, and they picked up Puig and Kemp. That's really what version of Puig and Kemp do you get um, is going to decide what kind of offense that is. Yeah. Three pitchers, they picked up Wood, Rourke, and uh, Sonny Gray. I think I think they could get. Gray. Yep, they can get, so you're right. They can get over 79 half wins. Those would be my two teams there. And I would look at Milwaukee under a little bit. Um, no easy games in the NL Central this year. So, and by the way, Milwaukee adds Grandal. How about that, brother Bry? They add the Dodger catcher who had the worst inning against them. I think he had two errors and a pass ball. Were we watching that together, or was that like the day before? Uh, I don't know. It was against the I Brewers. I think it was the day before we watched. Yeah, I think it was the game before. But yeah. yeah, yeah. So I go Milwaukee under. I go uh, Cincinnati over, and I go uh, Houston Astros. Always a fun team over. All right, Harry, your love affair with uh, Paul Goldschmidt continues, right? And as a player prop, it continues. It okay. continues. I'm going to take Goldie at 12 to one to be the MVP of the National League. Uh, Goldschmidt is a 2.97 career hitter who finally has a solid full lineup around him. Except, uh, expect the city of St. Louis to embrace Goldschmidt and use. He can use every part of that field to put the ball wherever he wants. He has solid hitters uh, around him, Ozuna, Molina, hitting behind him, which will force pitchers to have to go after him, unlike they had to do in Arizona in his career. That will equal way more RBI production. Goldie is in, in a new environment on a solid team, could equal his biggest numbers ever. Home runs might be down, but batting average hits and RBIs will be way up. 12-1 to 1 is value with an every-year all-star like Goldschmidt. All right. Parley kid, Aaron Hicks, that's your boy, right? Or is he not? <laughs> He's, as you know, Sal, I am certainly not as high on Aaron Hicks as it seems that the rest of the Yankee organization is. They just signed into a seven-year, $70 million deal, which uh, a lot of people um, liked the deal. They thought it was a fair value for what he brings to a team. But, Sal, he's, he's hurt again. Uh, and right now, he has an over-under home run total at 22-and-a-half. Last year, he did it 27 in 137 games. But, Sal, he has not played since March 2nd. The Yankees are going to slow play this. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him for the first 15 to 20 games hmm. of this season. And I would not be surprised. This is a back injury. So he's taken two cortisone shots for it. I would not be surprised if they shut him down at some point during the year. You know we always say to hammer the unders on these type of things. I, even though we know that Yankee Stadium is a switch hitter from the left side, it's a band box for him. I don't think he gets to this 22-and-a-half this year uh, just because, again, because this injury, it looks like so. I, there's no timetable for his return right now. Uh-huh. The Yankees are not saying anything about this. Um, so who knows? He could miss the first 30 games of this season. Uh, even, even, either way, he's going to miss a, a few weeks. He's going to put, be put on the DL at some other time this year. Take the under 
22 and a half at minus 115. All right. So you want them to play a little bit, but maybe, well, you want your team to win. So I guess, I guess whatever is best. That's it. But, Just yeah. win. Yeah. Uh, Brother Bry, last year we all went on Otani, right? We, what do we have? Under 11 wins or something? Ten and yeah, a half? Under, uh, ten, ten and a half, I think. Uh, and it was yeah. looking bad for a little bit. I think he won four. To, what did he win? Did he get to four? He only had four wins. Yeah, but he got yeah, to four. We, and that, wished, we wished injury on him, and yes. it happened. Sometimes it's going to happen, you know? I have back <laughs> pains in the morning. I imagine someone's wishing that on me. That's okay. I'll take it. Uh <laughs> You're pitching uh, Dynamo. You're going. You're rooting for a pitcher this year in your prop. It's uh, sure. Boy, 1.05 whip. You look at that and you go under. You're like, wow, you're asking for trouble. But the numbers bear out. Yeah. So look, every season I usually pick out one prop that I love that I think's a steal. We just said last year was Otani with the win. This year with the prop, I looked through hundreds of props, hundreds of props, and the one that stuck out to me, the Scherzer. Whip was over under was 1.05. That seemed way too high because then I was like, he still pitches in the NL, right? Mm-hmm. Where there's no scoring in the NL, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was trying to think, did the mound get lower this year? Why is this number so high? Yeah, I, I know he's going to be 35 this season, but he hasn't shown any signs of letting up. He's likely to have another great year, or another two great seasons. But look at Scherzer's whip. In his four year, well, the last four years in the NL, I know he started out in the NL, but look at the, since he's been with Washington, his whip is 0. .918, 0. .968, 0. .902, crazy. .911. That's not even close to 1.05. So right. Even if he has a down year, this just, this is really weird to me. I'm definitely going big on this one. I like that. I'll join you on that one. Um, here's what I like. I, 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 I did very well. I think I went four out of five betting the older sluggers under their home run total. I'm going to do the same thing. Now, I would start with Miguel Cabrera, but he's had a torrid spring. He, he Every other uh, at-bat, he hits it out of the yard. So let's stay with Nelson Cruz. He's going to be 38. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. He's going, to be, uh, one, he's going to be 39 in July. Yeah. Yep. Play, only played 144 games in 2018. His numbers have gone down over the last four years. 44, 43, 39, 37. They made it 32.5. Home run totals over 32.5. They're going to make it hard for us, but we're going to go under there. Minus 115, Nelson Cruz under 32.5 home runs. Albert Pujols, 39 years old. You can't expect big numbers from him. 149 games played in 2017, 117 in 2018. Over on their home uh, home runs is 15 and a half. Now he had 19 in 2018. I think you're going to see his role diminish once Otani comes back. I think it's him, Pools, and Bauer. Uh, when all three are healthy, like only two of them can play. He's chasing milestones at this point. He's going to pass Gehrig and Bonds and RBIs, but he's not going to hit like 20 dingers. I'm going to go under 15.5. And, and my third one, Kendris Morales, under 23.5. He had 21 last year, minus 115. He had a terrible April. He had uh, fiddled with sunglasses. Is he wearing sunglasses? Is he not? Then he had that stretch where he had seven straight games and a home run. He's a contract year. He's 36 in June. He's a good clubhouse guy, but I don't know. Yep. I, I know they have... You know, Vlad Jr., but uh, I don't know how this is going to translate on the field. You lost Tulowitzki, you lost Russell Martin. He's not going to be protected in the lineup. Uh, 17 or 18 home runs for him. Give me the under. So those are our props. We're going to hit more of these next week and the week after. Those are the ones you have to do before the season starts. But uh, as we go along, we'll visit the uh, divisions, we'll visit the pennants, and we'll visit the World Series bets. But this brings us to our sponsored segment, Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. Each week, the Degenerate Trifecta and I set sail, tackling fake propositions related to sports and pop culture events. This week, Rob Gronkowski retired. Tate, what was it like working here when the Gronkowski news uh, hit. I, I imagine it was unbearable with all the Patriots fans and Bill Simmons in particular. I wasn't at the office, but I could only imagine Good it move. was like a, you know, like a piece of art. You know, people crying and yelling and screaming. And uh, I know Kyle was very upset. Producer Kyle was very, very upset. So that was uh, his hero. Paulie Kidd, is he the best ever at the position? Come on. Um, no, I don't think so, Sal. No. Uh, Tony Gonzalez? No, I don't. I don't know. Um. I, you know, I was debating that myself before. I see, I saw a lot of people say that uh, he's going to retire as the all-time greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I could put him there. I'd have to really do some more. I mean, we had a, you know, we had a great one with the Cowboys and Witten. You know, and, sure. Um, How crazy and, is it that uh, Witten's playing? Witten's playing, and Gronk uh, isn't right. right. 
It's very strange. I put I put Witten up against him. Uh, I know uh, Witten might not have had the one or two unbelievable seasons that he had, but mm. uh, I think overall Witten was might have been more consistent than Gronkowski in some ways. So, right. and uh, Witten was a good blocker, so was Gronkowski. So, uh, you know, Gronk, Gronkowski won more. So, if you want to look at that, yeah. Uh, but uh, I'm not sure if Gronkowski is the greatest. I, I, I he's a great player. Uh, but, you know, I'd always take him in the first one or two rounds of fantasy football. So yeah. I, I thought that, but I'm not ready to say he's the greatest tight end ever. No, I don't think I'd say that yet. My 13 year old said, well, at least you don't have to worry about taking him or not taking him exactly that in the second round, <laughs> the fantasy. I was like, yeah, you're right. Uh, <laughs> All right, well, Captain Morgan is uh, is interested in, in Rob Gronkowski's life after football. He's posed the question to us, will Rob Gronkowski be the WWE champion by WrestleMania 36, which is next April in 2020? The no is minus 330. The yes is plus 260. Harry, what are you saying? You know what? I'm going to take a shot here at the plus 260. I'm going to say that he's very marketable. It would be funny. It would be great to see and whatever. And if he did win it, I could see him somehow scenario playing out very soon afterwards where he loses the title. But still, I'm going to say yes. I can see it being something where everybody catches uh, catches fire with and, uh, and loves it for a little while. And I could see him actually liking it a lot more than getting uh, injured in football. So I'm going to go yeah. All right, Brother Brian Gronk versus Conor McGregor for the title at some point this year? Yeah, oh, that would be uh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to say uh, I'm going to say no. Um, look, Gronk was born to be in the WWE. Like mm-hmm. when he joins, he's going to be the most popular wrestler probably immediately. He's kind of like Zion in a way, right? Like you hated the team they played on, but mm-hmm. you love the guy, right? So if WWE would be smart to throw a ton of money at him, I just think a year is probably too fast without it being like very cheesy. But I, I, right. I think I think that's going to be the ultimate goal. Is to, I'm sure he's going to be in WWE and win a championship at some point in time. But uh, a year, I think, is just uh, too fast. Yeah. All right. Parlay Kid, is the plus 260 enticing enough for you? No, it's not, Sal. I'm going with Brother Brian. I'm saying uh, no. So you, uh, you're an undefeated WWE wrestler. Yes, that's right. Thank so you for mentioning You that. know what type of toll it takes on the body. Yeah. Right? Gronkowski's retiring from football mm-hmm. because – his body is breaking down. Right. Right? So I don't think we could see this uh, very soon. I could foresee this maybe sometime in a uh, you know distant future, not too distant future, but within the next year or so, uh, I think Gronkowski stays away, although he was called out, I guess, at, uh, uh, at Boston's Monday Night Raw right. mm-hmm. uh, last night by, Leo, by the WWE's Leo Rush. So mm-hmm. maybe they're trying to already lure him back in here to do something like that. Uh, and we've seen him uh, before, you know, enter the ring. But uh, I think, uh, you know, Gronk, Gronk's a little bit of a character of himself anyway. I think he needs to get away, maybe heal his body. And then uh, I, I I could see him uh, coming back to football like Witten uh, by in a year or so from now. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I could see that before being a WWE champ. There's so talk, I'm say no. There's talk that Brady might, you know, convince him to come back this year. Who knows? Who knows with him? And I'll say this: I'm a little worried about him. I'm a little worried his heart is going to explode. This is a guy who pushed it to the fun to the limits when he was playing, when he had to be ready for training camp. Yeah. He was riding the party bus and just like crazy. I mean, what is next for him? Is he going to be skydive without a parachute at the top of the stratosphere? I worry about him. I worry about him before the wrestling community could get to him. I'm going to go no, minus 330 as well. Tate, what are you going to say? I'm going to say no, too, but just uh, because of the quick turnaround. So I, I think Gronkowski will be back in our lives. And I, I think pointing out that they already shouted him out on a, on a WrestleMania event, I don't know if they're already in the bag for it, but they're obviously going to pitch him on it. So There you go. Rousey, right. Rousey and Gronk. Rousey and Gronk. All right, that's another week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you live like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Yeah, as a former wrestler, I could tell you can only the body can only, and I train my body specifically for wrestling, and it's just, it, it only takes so many bumps. That's what they call them, Harry, bumps, when you have to hit the mat, you know, back first. So uh, I wish Gronk luck. I don't know if he has this, the physical specimen I was that, that could take it. But all right, let's get the sharp tank. We talked a lot of uh, college basketball. I uh, we, we went region by region. Let's go for your best. I'm going to hear all three of you. I'm going to pick one. I'm going to jump on it. Harry, start with you. 
I am going to take Virginia. I'm riding with uh, the Cavs to win the South region right now at minus 140. Um, <clears throat> you would think they got a break by getting the only double-digit seed left in, in the tourney, the 12th seed of Ducks. And after that, you can let Tennessee and Purdue beat the crap out of each other, which should be a very competitive game. Then let Virginia's defense shut whoever wins offense down, and then it's on to the Final Four and redemption for Tony Bennett and the Wahoos. Virginia, minus 140 to win the South region. It's my best bet this week. All right. It's interesting. Out of Tennessee, Duke, Virginia, one of these teams going to be like, oh, we had a little bit of a scare. Virginia got their act together in the second half against Gardner-Webb, but... Uh, who's going to be that team out of three? Maybe it's not any of those three. Brother Bry, what's your best bet? All right. Uh, I think I was the only one. Was I the only one last week to get the best bet? Yes, right? I'm sorry. I should mention uh, that. Yes, you got the best, best yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. No, that's okay. I had, uh, what did I have? I had Yale mm-hmm. getting. Uh, it's close for a while. Seven eight. or eight? Yeah. Yeah, versus LSU. Yeah. yeah. So that mm-hmm. was the, yeah. I mean, I didn't think that was going to hit. I mean, look, based on the first half, but that was uh, mm-hmm. a, nice, a nice win there. Um, so. I'm going to go this week. I'm going to take Virginia Tech plus four and a half in the first half. Hmm. Um, Look, before Duke's game against UCF, which I got screwed on in the first (laughs) half, I think Duke had only covered a first half, I think, twice in a six-week period. I think think there were two and and nine Mm -hmm. over 11 green straights. It was kind of a a sneaky little bet there. So I thought I was going to be smart last week and jump on uh, Central Florida with plus seven and a half. Um, I got screwed in the last two minutes yeah. to cover that. But I'm going to ride this one again. So uh, Virginia Tech, I think four and a half is probably too many points in the first half. For whatever reason, Duke's been getting off the slow starts against their opponents. Obviously, Virginia Tech is very familiar with them. But look, they got off to a slow start against Liberty in their last game. I expect them to come out a little bit stronger. I just think, yeah, like I think this is going to be – you know, like a 35-33 halftime game, and then Duke probably pulls away in the second half. But again, I think four and a half points based on the trends for Duke recently is probably too much in the first half because they haven't even covered against uh, bad teams in the first right. half. All right, Parley Kid, finish it up. <clears throat> so kind of like Harry when he's taking Virginia to win their region, I will be taking UNC oh. to win the Midwest region. At plus 135, I think this is a pretty enticing number. And as Tate kind of uh, chronicled before, uh, you know, playing Auburn here, uh, I, I kind of I don't really like this matchup for UNC. And then uh, to play the winner of Houston, Kentucky, again, I, 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 think, I think UNC is in a very good spot here to reach the Final Four. To hear Tate even calling them to make the finals uh, makes me feel real good about this mm. plus 135 to win the Midwest region. So uh, I know you'll be jumping on that one, Sal, so let's just get it done. <laughs> well, you're right. Let's get it done with. I'm going to take that. Let's do it. Let's do it, Parley Kid. Let's do it, Tate. Mm. Carolina wins the region. Does this make you... Uh, now I'm nervous. Yeah, well, now <laughs> you're nervous. Oh, I see. <laughs> you should be. You should be. No, I actually like all three bets. I like Virginia to win the South. I like I like that first half bet, Brother Bry. I think that'll be a close one. Could be like 31-30 or something, like, I like you said. Um, yeah. So Tate, so you would say Brother Bry's bet is the best? No, I, I like uh, I like Carolina, but uh, I, I'm you know every time that I'm, I I feel that way, bad things happen. Like Texas A&M, you know, last year, I, yeah, I felt right. like you know there there's no way it could possibly happen, and it happened. So yeah, SEC teams. All right, let's... Hey, we really needed Harry to bet against uh, UNC. That's I know, right. I know. I Harry, need... just do it. <laughs> Harry, right. you'll put in a bet. Harry's bet like two games this whole tournament. And, uh, it's killing you. It's killing you, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. Uh, by the way. Well, look, I had, to try, I had to get ready for the, uh, for the casino <laughs> thing. So, I, you know, Thursday I was shot, so I couldn't bet anything. Friday I was destroyed, so I, could, I didn't want to bet anything. <laughs> but Saturday, and if I would have bet Saturday, Sunday, I would have got murdered. So thank God I didn't. Yeah, but why didn't you? Wait, I, you, I, didn't, you didn't know you were going to get murdered. Why didn't you bet Saturday? I didn't know I was going to get murdered, but I know what I would like, and I would have got murdered. Uh, all right. All right. I don't know. I'll tell you what. Did, did Harry actually even do Jamie's pool now that I think of it? Yeah, he I did. did. He did. I, I, I had Syracuse. He did? Okay. He had Syracuse all over. He's not taking this okay, seriously. He's taking Nevada. Syracuse. He's betting against the Diamondbacks. It's like all Homer stuff by now. Which, by the way, was your nickname in college, right, Homer? 
Yeah. It really was. That was his fraternity. I'm not making fraternity, a joke. Yeah, fraternity nickname, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Harry, by, um, I want to tell a couple quick stories about this uh, This. This when you went out to break the record, my friend, our friend Scott was following you for a little bit. He did in the middle of the night. He followed you for a few hours, and then after oh, you midnight. were done, you can you came to uh, you came back to the MGM after hitting fifty one casinos. What does he do? He sits down for a session of uh, roulette. What a kind of sicko does this, Tate? <laughs> fifty one casinos wasn't enough. He has to sit and play roulette. He has to sit there and play. But that wasn't for fun. That was for sport. You know. Now he gets to play the game. For right, fun. Tate. Listen, uh, I, I need. It's, it's almost like an alcoholic needing a beer. Almost. I to sit down and play a couple spins for real. That's exactly what it is. Scott said he got sick to his stomach. He's like, oh my god, I, I just I couldn't. He couldn't watch after fifty one. Uh, <laughs> Harry, out of 51 casinos, what was your... I know you mixed it up. You had to play roulette, but what was your record on the... would you say? Record was... Uh, it was like 20 and uh, 31. I lost like... I ended up losing like 300 bucks. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Did you but do also, the... you know, it's also... It would get to a point where, uh, for example, when I got to, I got to Caesar's Palace... Mm-hmm. Every table is taken. It's everything is at least a twenty-five dollar minimum. It, every seat is packed. So, what I did is a couple times when it was a situation like that, I just put whatever the max, the minimum I had to put up. I just put it on the zeros because if I win, if I bet black or red, for example, and I and they got to pay everybody at the table, that's going to take about five six minutes, especially roulette to pay. So I just put it on the numbers, hoping I lose, so I can get out of there quickly. <laughs> this is a, what a bizarre way of thinking. I understand what you're doing, wow. but, but See, you're also watching now. that dumb ball go around for four and a half minutes when you could have just taken a hit at mm. blackjack, right? <laughs> or, or bet the wheel. Well, I couldn't get in at black. Yeah, but couldn't even get in a seat in blackjack at a lot. Did you have to double down I, in, I on any hands? Now, at Silver Sevens. Yeah. After walking about two and a half, three miles straight, I, at Silver Sevens, there was one table. At about mm-hmm. 11 o'clock in the morning, mm-hmm. five guys playing there. I couldn't even get on the table. No way was I going back to that. Right. I had to bribe the guy that, oh. to let me play. One of the guys, I had to bribe him to let me play at his spot. And I said, if I win, I'll just give you the money. And he was all down with that. I lost, of course. Oh. But at least I got to play in that casino and that counted. I'll tell you what, I don't think uh, it should count. I think if the adjudicator from Guinness is listening, they're going to say no bribes are allowed and you're going to get back down to 50, Harry. You wanna- they already stole one casino from me. I had another one that didn't count halfway through the, the run, so I really had 52. One, one other thing I wanted to talk about, your boss and our friend Ken um, not only came along for the festivities because he's not allowed to miss out on fun, but he asked uh, Fox for an extra free room. Uh, it's on Fox's dime, so that was your entourage. You had Ken, and he still docked you two vacation days. Three. <laughs> Three. Unbelievable. Uh. All right. AAO Harry, is that where anybody can find you? Yes. Yeah, that's okay. where you can find me. Parley Kid, take us back to reality. How's the weight loss going? Uh, so, um, let's see. I'm about six pounds down in a week here. So, nice. So, uh... Nice. I'm uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. It's not bad. Um, mm-hmm. You know, simple. Uh, you know, not doing anything crazy. Just simple uh, calories in. Uh, you know, less than uh, calories out. Pretty much. That's so, the way to do it. Uh, that's really about it, Sal. And it's coming off pretty well. It's slowing down a little bit. First five came off quicker, and yeah. now it's slowing down. I got to get really starting to move. Got to get moving a little bit, Sal. So, but all right, doing well. At the chalk talker. Um, everything else is good. There you go. Brother Bry, you're betting wrestling, you're betting lacrosse. Well, you can't bet wrestling anymore. College wrestling, you came close. Uh, I know. It's so, it's so upsetting. that The NCAA wrestling tournament's a blast to bet. I, I did pretty well in that. Um, I bet uh, lacrosse, lost in that. I've been betting uh, probably women's basketball. Uh, <laughs> geez, uh, I have, who do I have? I have UConn to win, and I have Oregon to win at like 14-1 for the women's. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got to. Serious problem. Uh, I will say, uh, Darren, though, uh, I had people over my house like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I kept ordering tons of food for the games, for the wrestling. Mm-hmm. I had like pizza there, wings there. Like every day I had a ton of food. Uh, Darren barely ate. Darren barely ate anything. I felt bad because. Uh, torture. You know, it's nothing to feel bad. I mean, you know, Harry would be telling everybody how starving he is and how <laughs> yeah. tough it is. But, no, it's not bad. You just don't put food in your mouth. That's it. It's not, not That's that it, difficult. Harry. Good job, D. Good job. 
I'm proud of you. <laughs> nice job. And you know what? Brother Bry lost on a gigantic parlay, so uh, God punished him for uh, uh, tempting you like that. Oh, man, that was rough. Yeah, we. Uh, the wrestling's great. So, by the way, that wrestling tournament, I know we say it every year, but yeah. honestly, and I truly believe this, I, when it comes to that, it's a three-day event, but the wrestling fans are more passionate about the wrestling tournament than the diehard college basketball fans are about the basketball tournament. That's how that's how passionate they are about that. I got to tell you, really? uh, since they started airing the final, I know they aired all the rest of the way too, but at the MGM and the sports book, there are a lot of eyes glued to the, that screen during the finals and the semifinals and everything yeah. like that. So that was fun. Yeah, it's great. I yeah. thought the, the – go ahead, Brian. Uh, I was just going to say, the only thing is wrestling will be – I mean, it'll grow as a sport when there's more betting in it. I mean, it is a great sport to bet. It's seven minutes long. I mean, what could be better? You know, you lose that, you go to the next match. I mean, yeah. it'll be so, you know, it's only at a few different sites or <laughs> one site. So uh, hopefully in the future, uh, when that sport grows a little bit more, that there's more access to betting it. Yeah. And uh, I got to say, it's getting like the NBA, though. You really don't have to tune into a wrestling match until like 20 seconds left in the third period. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like whoever's down one gets a takedown or a escape or something to send it to overtime <laughs> uh you're at the brother bry and tate final four this week huh yeah it's happening got this uh sweet 16 we've got a lead eight on uh you know saturday and sunday so we'll be locked in again we'll be doing podcasts one shining podcast myself mark titus friday night sunday night uh and then yeah going to minnesota next wednesday for the final four uh, so that's gonna we'll be, be fun yeah, yeah one shining podcast these guys do a great job they're on yeah, about every 18 minutes, oh, yeah. they come out with a new podcast. So try to just refresh, refresh, and refresh, and you'll learn uh, You'll learn a lot about what's going on. Oh, yeah. they. So those guys should be on CBS doing doing that, the college stuff. They're better than yeah. the guys that are on there. Tate and Titus, they'd, be much, they'd blow those guys away. Tate, you agree? Which I'm, one of you is Barkley? Well, then people would be listening, and then I think I would definitely get fired. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <that's>, <laughs> Tate, <laughs> that's, let me hear, that's the beauty Let of me it. hear the Coach K impression. What, what do you think? What's uh, Coach K, what can you do? You have uh, Virginia Tech. You lost them already. No Zion this game. Do you feel like uh, your team is inspired? Shut up, Sal. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> That's what it is. It's just a little rat voice, you know. That's uh, my my mom. My mom is the inventor of it. She oh, loves she it. Did it. She does it all the time. That's how she talks to me when we talk about Duke basketball. So. Oh, that's great. It's all a right. beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And I'll tell you what, we've had a hundred beautiful episodes. Uh, starting next week, we'll be our hundredth. Uh, come listen, download it. We're gonna get it together. I told you, uh, the late great Super Dave Osborne will play. Clips from him, the late great Brad Mulcahy. Oh no, he's still alive somehow. Uh, we're gonna have Harry's weight loss challenge. We're gonna show. Uh, we're gonna play some best moments from that. Who else? I say Molly Bloom will be on there. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. A lot of the great guests uh, we've had. Bill Simmons will be on, and that's uh, look for that next week. Watch Locking In Monday through Friday, four thirty to five thirty Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, eleven thirty-five tonight, every weeknight on ABC. Yes. Also, we're going to Vegas. Jimmy Kimmel Live will be in Las Vegas, April first. Through fifth, uh, we have a lot planned, a lot of pranks that I'm involved with. That's that for the degenerate trifecta and master Tate Frazier. I'm Sal Singh. So long and happy handicapping.